Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even if it's a million-dollar self-managed fund, that's $250,000. You're going to struggle to buy property for $250,000. But if you, if you use a fractional fund, you could perhaps put $50,000 into each of five different properties, different types of property, different geographic locations. Hey! This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Domacom's Warren Gibson who will unpack his journey from one chicken per week to working in film and theatre to getting started in business development. You'll also find out how you can use crowdfunding to get into the market and benefit from spreading your risk. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. With over 35 years of experience in financial services, Gibson's passion lies in creating new opportunities for clients to get into the property market. Right, well, I'm uh, the general manager of sales and marketing for, for Domacom and Domacom was created about five years ago uh, as, uh, as a means to, to solving the, the property investing uh, problem. And that problem at the time was uh, and, and still is and probably is, is getting increasingly worse uh, is the, the high cost of property precludes many people from acquiring it either as an investment or to even these days to to uh, to live in so the idea of domacom was to introduce some of the equity market concepts into the property market in equities if you want to invest in bhp or you want to invest in in westfield or um colesmeyer or any of the listed companies you buy some shares and you go online and you do that. You don't buy the whole company, you just buy a few shares. And if you're a smart investor, you won't buy all of put all of your money into the same stock. You'll stick it into into different stocks and different market sectors. Um, and that's called diversification. And it's the number one rule uh, for minimizing you know risk. Um, but with property, it's an all or nothing proposition. You either buy a whole property or you buy nothing at all. Um, and for most people, it requires borrowing money to do so. We thought if we could break down uh, the property um, transaction into bite-sized pieces, it would enable more people to invest in property without having to go into debt and without um, the need to acquire the entire property. And in doing that, they can actually acquire bits of 
many different properties in different geographic locations and different types of property. A little in commercial, a little in residential, a little in rural, and and a whole host of other alternative property asset uh, asset classes. Since Domacom launched five years ago, the demand for these asset classes are growing. It took probably two and a half years for us to build the, the technology platform and to get the necessary licenses and the reliefs that we need to make this work. Uh, then it was time to launch and, and go to market. Um, we began that process through intermediaries, uh, financial planners, financial advisors, and we're now expanding more to the retail market. Um, the, we called this initially a fractional property investing, which we still do, um, but we also refer to it as crowdfunding. And that's a term that seems to resonate very well with people. And basically, it's nothing new. I mean, it's been around for centuries, crowdfunding, but it's a modern form of, of syndication. So it just brings a lot of people together to acquire an asset. And you don't need to know each other. You could you could be family, you could be friends clubbing together, or you could be total strangers. And you don't need to know who the other investors are. You just choose the asset that you want to invest in and how much you want to invest in it. And then you share in a pro- proportionately in the, in the rental income and the future capital growth of the uh, of the asset. So, what's the difference between this service and a property trust? Well, all the property trusts and A-REITs, the residential investment trusts, those uh, are listed on the stock exchange. So, they their fortunes tend to fluctuate with the, with the movement in the share market. Um, and in addition to that, really the, the the underlying properties are commercial properties. In unlisted property trusts, the underlying uh, property assets are also commercial, but they're a pooled structure. So, you're going into a uh, into a fund with quite literally thousands of other people. In, into quite large uh, pooled structures and you have no control over the assets or any choice in the assets that are acquired by the fund manager. In our structure, you get to choose uh, the properties that, that appeal to you um, in the areas that appeal to you. And everybody has an opinion on, on property. They all have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion on, on, on geographic locations and property types and, and so on. So you get choice. In any given day, Gibson spreads awareness about crowdfunding to his clients. Our days are, uh, our days are pretty full because we get a lot of projects brought to us. Um, assets are not uh, an issue. Our fund can buy any property for sale anywhere in Australia. Um, probably the bigger issue is, is getting awareness and uh, having investors understand how crowdfunding works and what the benefits are. So we spend a fair bit of time explaining that to people, but we're also vetting projects on a daily basis. So we have people bring us all sorts of, of interesting things. Uh, just to give you an example, right now we're, we're uh, crowdfunding uh, a bio uh, hub in northern New South Wales. This is the first of a hundred um, renewable green renewable energy plants. Um, this capital raise is 4.3 million. Um, we anticipate it will will pay a, a yield around 8%. Uh, probably a capital uplift up to maybe 20%. Um, so that's that's one. Then we sometimes we do we look at rural properties, agricultural properties farmland generally across Australia 
has performed very well over the last 20 odd years. Um, so if we acquire a farm um, and we have a tenant there, we're looking at maybe somewhere between four and 5% income yield, a rental yield, plus capital growth. And the capital growth varies around the country, but on an average around 6 to 7%. And there's almost an unlimited supply of properties to choose from. Investors uh, investing in um, crowdfunding, um, they gradually they're coming around to understanding how it works and that it's a good alternative to investing in property and a, and a good way to uh, allocate their, their investment in property. Um, through financial advisors typically um, apply an asset allocation strategy based on the on the risk return model or profile of, of their clients. And people will put X amount into equities, some into cash, some into fixed interest, some into property. Um, so if you're looking to put in a specific asset allocation to property, let's say you're looking at 25% of your of your self of your portfolio or your self managed super fund going into property. Um, if you've only got a even if it's a million dollar self managed fund, that's two hundred and fifty thousand. You're going to struggle to buy property for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But if you if you use a fractional fund, you could perhaps put fifty thousand dollars into each of five different properties, different types of property, different geographic locations. So to help in that process, we have we vet a number of projects and we we take on a range of projects, um, just to give people some alternative options. There, we also uh, are using Moody's uh, Analytics to analyse um, property data from CoreLogic to identify the top uh, residential areas in each of the capital cities. So if you have a preference for Brisbane over Sydney or, or, or Melbourne, you can invest in in uh, the top suburb or the top three areas in uh, in Brisbane. Diving into Gibson's background now, where did it all start? I went to school in Melbourne at uh, Peninsula School in Mount Eliza. I grew up in Melbourne, uh, but I've lived in uh, in Sydney and Adelaide over the years, so. Um, I've owned property in Adelaide and, and property in Melbourne. That's great. And Sydney, I was much younger, so it eluded me as much as it's eluding many people today. <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> and and how, how did you end up back in Melbourne? Because you obviously you know grew up in in Sydney as well. My career in financial services spans about thirty five years. It started in South Australia and um, not not in Sydney. I was doing other things in Sydney, working in film distribution and theatre. <laughs> Which is about as diverse, it's about as diverse as you can get uh, from uh, from investment. But my interest in investment started in in South Australia, um, and uh, just expanded up, out from there. Fresh from school, his journey initially led him into a different industry than he intended. My preference was to to go into stockbroking, um, and I just ended up working in the theatre. Um, so I worked in, I worked for various arts councils and various festivals, uh, travel around Australia quite extensively, uh, worked with overseas groups, um, and uh, then moved into film distribution from from there. And that was just happened to be a time when I think the video industry started to knock uh, cinema distribution or cinema audiences around, um, and. The exhibitors um, 
um, withdrew a little from the industry. So I found myself out of work and uh, I went along to see a financial advisor and he said, uh, you know, he said, what are you doing? And I told him I wasn't doing anything, but I had some money to invest. And he said, why don't you become an advisor? And I said, I don't know anything about that. But I took some time off and studied, became an advisor. Um, I wasn't an advisor for that long. I, I preferred the actual um um, business development side of things and, and so I moved across to that and that's where I've been for about 30 years. It's just really interesting that you got started off in the film and, and production and video side of things and ended up in the financial sector and now obviously in the business development. So, it, it is a 360 change. It's very different but I was only a young guy and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I traveled around around uh, Europe and uh, went to the theater in, in London quite a bit and and um, yeah, that, that was sort of something that interested uh, interested me, and, and still does. But um, in terms of a of a career, it's you know, I just it didn't seem that fulfilling after a while. And then you start to then you start to turn your attention to you know, how do I make some serious money. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we'll delve into where the influence to invest into property came from. Money was tight and, you know, uh, if you had a roast chicken on uh, once a week, you know, you were considered uh, uh, sort of middle class or, 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 or better. I mean, it wasn't something you eat a lot. How Gibson became a property investor. I mean, they say you should buy and never sell, but uh, I mean, that's not always possible when you're raising a family and educating children and uh, and what have you. And I've had a couple of, of uh, business interests of my own. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, podcast listeners. I just wanted to let you know about the podcast show notes I've created for you that you can download at freepropertyresource.com. Inside these show notes, I've included a full summary, details of the resources recommended plus much, much more. Just go to freepropertyresource.com to grab it now. It's free and it'll make the rest of the episode so much more impactful. Again, that's freepropertyresource.com. Now back to the show. The influence to get into the property market stemmed from the great Australian dream of owning his own home. I was brought up through, through, um, and I'll be giving my age away now, but I was brought up through um, the late 50s and, and, and the 60s and during a period of, of what they called the credit squeeze. And, you know, money was money was tight and uh, this is, we're talking, I guess, post-war in the 50s, aren't we? Um, so money, money was tight and... You know, uh, if you had a roast chicken on uh, once a week, you know, you were considered uh, uh, sort of middle class or, 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 or better. I mean, it wasn't something you eat a lot. Today, people eat, you know, chicken every day of the week. But, you know, things were a lot a lot different then. And, and, and the great Australian dream of, you know, owning your own home was, was of paramount importance. So that's instilled. That's instilled in my generation, you know, quite a bit. And and, and you'll see now, baby boomers are, are the ones that own so much of the property in in Australia because that's how they've been brought up. 
and that's how wealth that's how true wealth is is created and, and it's a defensive asset and whilst people talk about you know property bubbles bursting all that sort of stuff in in my lifetime i haven't seen that happen i mean sometimes it plateaus but generally speaking property goes up i've only got to look at all the houses that i've owned over the years to see where they're at now for Gibson, becoming a property investor was as simple as wanting to create wealth for himself and his family. I bought land and a house and another one, and uh, you know sometimes I've sold, I've sold them, but um, you know it came about in exactly the same way that that was the major way to to create wealth um, in in my you know generation. And my parents. I mean, they say you should buy and never sell, but uh, I mean that's not always possible when you're raising a family and educating children and uh, and what have you. And I've had a couple of, of uh, business interests of my own, and and that always takes uh, takes money. And Domacom is no different. I mean, and our previous company, um, you know, we we mortgaged our homes and invested heavily in, in into business. So. Um, you know, it hasn't always been a case of, of buy and hold, I can assure you. Focusing on investing purely in independent housing, not everything has worked out as well as he had hoped. I've never bought uh, apartments and flats. Uh, I've just only ever bought houses. Some has been in, in country and rural areas as well. Some of them seemed like a good idea at the time. I must say, not all of them have, uh, have worked out all that well, but um, most most have. An example of one Gibson's less successful investments into property taught him to always gauge the fundamentals. If you're looking to invest, you know, if you're looking for investment property, you need to look at something, you need to look at, at the fundamentals. And it, I guess it's like buying shares. You know, you look at the fundamentals. Is this a strong company? Um, what's its balance sheet look like? Is it in a strong industry? You know, how is it faring? Looking at the property, and now, you know, is, is this in a growth area or is the growth already gone? Will this be a, a property that I can rent out? You know, will it have a low low vacancy rate, like hopefully a zero vacancy rate? Not, I don't like the colour of the wall, so I'm not going to buy this, because that's irrelevant. Your personal tastes are irrelevant when it comes to, it's not something you're going to live in. So you've got to divorce yourself from that and be much more objective uh, around that. And I haven't always been like that. You know, you, you extend yourself because, you, you know, you want that property, you like that property. Um and maybe that's not always a good uh, a good thing to do. In terms of lucrative ventures into property, a recent aha moment stood out for Gibson relating to setting himself up for retirement. Probably my most recent, um, which uh, is is currently currently rented, but it's also something that I'm going to uh, live in. Um, at some point in 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 retirement, so that was a question of, you know, what do I do with it? And so um, we renovated that, and it has a tenant, and we'll, you know, end up moving into it. So it it's going to satisfy both. Well, it's just that I at first I thought it would be a great place to to uh, to live in, um, and that was my, you know, that was that was really the the guiding thing for me um it was i know for a person on a on a personal level and realized you know i could probably rent it out oh, it's reasonably old probably 40 50 years old um down in the mornings in peninsula um 
nice view, nice location. Um, just thought it would be a nice place to have. Probably three years ago. Nothing, nothing, nothing since then because my focus is really around Domacom and and uh, and and building, you know, helping build this business. So, inspired by Gibson's journey in his aha moment, we'll continue the conversation with him in a future episode on Property Investory. We'll talk about the mindset behind his property investing success. And I've had some experience with people who've taken advice at seminars and and uh, gone out and, and, and done what they thought they were told to do and, you know, it's been a disaster for them. How Domacom can help you get into the property market the solution, which is Domacom, to enable people to buy 10% of a property instead of 100% and have other people buy up the other 90%. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.